The Man War Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical, paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com and use the promo code MANHORE. The Man War Podcast is sponsored by Alt Playground. APG is more than just a place to find couples to swap with. Alt Playground is a lifestyle community for all non-monogamous and sexually adventurous people to connect and share. And you know I started a profile. Join me over at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all you SJWs, BBWs, FBSM providers, and all your AARP leather daddies. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey everyone, how you doing? Welcome to the show if you are new, and welcome back if you're not. I have got on fellow stand-up comedian and podcaster, Jamie Kilstein. And buckle the fuck up, because this is one hell of an episode. It's uh, it's a long ride, and I'm really excited to share it with y'all in a little bit. But first, folks, the champagne room is popping pop and dare I say lock in maybe next week we'll do some drop in and we've been having just a blast and know each other uh we've been doing questions of the day uh we're doing sexual achievement Sundays and personally I'm learning a lot about boric acid in our new wellness channel that some of the lady part members requested I create uh and I I had no idea I had no idea so many people were allergic to come The Champagne Room is a supportive, sex-positive community, whoever you are, uh, whether you know my show or not, we would love to have you. And at the end of the month, I'm giving out some sticker packs. Ugh, fuck it, I just feel like people love stickers. And I've got extra inventory, so uh, I'm giving out 10 sticker packs at the end of the month to 10 random members of the server. Uh, You don't have to be a Patreon member, you don't even have to be a fan of the show, and if you want to join us over there, you can head on over to manwhorepod.com slash discord. Great place to get to know, you know, other like-minded people, other listeners of the show. And another place you can get to know like-minded listeners is at tonight's monthly manwhore munch, yip yup, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, we are doing a Strut Your Stuff Zoom Hangout. That's going to be available to all of my $7 and up fan whores on Patreon. For Strut Your Stuff, I'm just telling people to wear whatever makes them feel the sexiest, the most confident, the sharpest. Maybe it's that suit. Maybe it's that nice piece of lingerie. Maybe it's a silk bathrobe that makes you feel comfy and confident. Whatever it is, we want to see it. We want to see you rock it. We want to see that big smiling face and maybe ask you where you got it. So if you want to join us for that tonight, okay, you have to become a member at uh, the $7 tier or up 
at patreon.com slash podcast. And you'll get to join other members of the Fan Whore Nation, just like Tony Punch. Yeah, I'm slipping in a quick Fan Whore appreciation moment. Tony Punch, way to go. Thanks for being a member, buddy. Oh, sound like a real dangerous bloke with a name like that, and I'm glad you've got my back. One more time, you can become a member today and support the pod you love at patreon.com slash Podcast. And now for this week's guest, Jamie Kilstein. Uh, Jamie is a is a very funny stand-up comedian. Um, very lefty, progressive, ranty kind of comic. He's got a new album out now called 25% Capacity. It's available on Spotify or wherever you get your comedy albums. Uh, you're going to hear a couple of ads, and then I'm going to play one of the tracks from the new album, 25% Capacity, uh, as, a, as a humorous palate cleanser. And then uh, you'll hear me and Jamie Kilstein just trying to do better. Hope you enjoy. In 2020, altplayground.net rolled out nationally with one important mission, to be the most inclusive lifestyle site in the game, and I think they are succeeding and then some. Uh, with so many gender identities, sexual orientations, and relationship dynamics to choose from, it has quickly become the go-to site for sex-positive people all across the United States. Everybody's included at APG. Okay, maybe not like the vanilla monogamous people, but even you all, if you want to start your next non-monogamous adventure, altplayground.net is the place to do it. In 2021, you're going to see even more big moves from APG because they are not okay with the status quo. Join the most modern and inclusive lifestyle site in the game and be a part of the forward momentum in 2021. Because, oh, fuck, people, if we can just, you know, if most of us get vaccinated, we might just get to have sex parties back. And please, please get the vaccine. I miss orgies. (laughs) altplayground.net the man whore podcast is proud to be sponsored by hotmovies.com the pay per minute porn site that makes it both an ethical and affordable way to hashtag pay for your porn and they are still giving out free porn every single day until Christmas, people. You're missing out if you don't have uh, an account over there and you can make an account for free yeah you can sign up for the free trial and use promo code MANHOR for 20 extra minutes on top of the free trial or any package you sign up for. And then uh, if you want even more free porn, check out their advent calendar every single day of December up until Christmas. And you're going to get free shit. Let me go over here. Uh, I'm going to click on December 15th. Congratulations. The Predatory Woman. Free lifetime rental. Ooh. Um Somehow, somehow Hot Movies knew that Predatory Woman was going to be a problematic clip to give me for this particular episode. But, you know, I'll I'll beat off to it. You know, worst worst case scenario is I'll put it on mute and we'll figure out a storyline for the thing. Uh, (laughs) Folks, hashtag pay for at least some of your porn at hotmovies.com and use promo code manwhore for an extra little gift. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. 
FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Now let's get to the show. But sexting's gone up during quarantine, and then porn has just fucking skyrocketed uh, during quarantine. I mean, that that's our number one use for the internet before all this shit happened, which is crazy. Like, here's the thing. I like porn. I'm not shaming anybody. But the internet is a miracle. The internet is the greatest invention of our lifetime. We could do anything with it. We can look up ancient philosophies. We can look up ancient religions. We can learn how the monks made their brains stand still, even if just for a second. Our favorite artists, we can look up and find out what inspired them. Picasso, Miles Davis, Joni Mitchell. And what do we do with it every day? Just, uh, but, yeah. Oh, look, it's a butt. Yeah, open up that butt. Yeah, it's a butthole. Yeah, put that butt on that butthole. And that's what we do. All fucking day, every fucking day. That's what we do. And I have another pet peeve with porn, which is this. Uh, are, is there anybody who here is like in their 20s? Great. Great. I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. So look, hold on. Fuck you guys only because I can't date girls in their 20s anymore because uh, you guys came up on much different pornography than I did. Uh, who here is like older, like let's say like mid 30s and up? Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Z- literally zero woos. They just like weakly held their arms up. Uh, and they're like, this is all I got. Uh, <laughs> great. Okay, so you guys grew up on hardcore porn. What we had to do to find porn, mainly me and that guy, <laughs> you're like wearing the flannel you used to hunt porn in. Like, guys, what we had to fucking go through to see, t- you right now could go to the bathroom, fucking go- Porn hub your way to a clit orgasm. Come back, we'd be none the wiser. We still have scars on our arms from the playboys we hid in fucking thorn bushes. Do you have any idea what a one be? What, I got conned by nine hundred operators. Do you know what an operator is? It's like Alexa with consciousness. It was fucking insane. Do you know what the red shoe diaries are? I do. I have it burned into my fucking brain. We had to jerk off to real sex on HBO, praying it wasn't like the old man orgy. Because if it was, we still had to jerk off because we only had a week of free trial. It was fucking terrible. If you heard like a rumor that there were playboys in the forest somewhere, someone's older brother found playboys, you would literally put a gang of misfits together, like a little horny version of Goonies. You'd march out into the woods with your tiny little fucking boners. You'd have to fight the private school kids. Then by the time you had the playboy, you couldn't even read it because your hands were frostbitten. It was all covered in ice and so Fuck you guys, right? I still will see some shit that's so far removed from who I am, if it's even true, which so much of it isn't. And I don't know if you feel the same way. And I'll still just be like, am I garbage? Am I still like years of working on yourself or whatever? And like seeing that gossipy bullshit, one person that happened this morning, one person with one follower and a fake account that I think is just used to look at my shit like tagging some famous female friend of mine 
and being like, oh, this fucking guy. And I'm like, here we go. Here comes fucking life ending again. Uh, just to be clear right now, what the breaking it down, I finally accepted uh, through the help of a lot of people to get past like the headlines about me that really what I was quote unquote accused of was consensual one night stands and cheating on my fucking wife, which I should not have done. And it's shitty. And I've worked on that, blah, blah, blah. Mine was just like, I was being a dickhead on Twitter and right. starting and like, uh, engaging in fights that like I didn't need to fucking have, and not realizing because right. I didn't because re- I didn't realize that. And 26, I did that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize at twenty six that like when I, this face enters a conversation where like no one else is like me, I didn't realize it was like I was interrupting something because I right. thought I was part of that group too. You know, if I get, I just picturing you like walking in the middle of like a Trayvon Martin rally, and you're like, hey. Everybody look over here. I have something horrible to say. (laughs) And not even necessarily horrible to say, but there was like, it was a combination of like me politely disagreeing and looking like this. And the people who do give them the worst shit on Twitter also look like me. Look like you. So I'm like, I like, but it took me so long. I was so defensive because there's this, I mean, I guess we're getting straight into it. I, 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 it's like, there's a sense of like, I'm not one of those guys. I don't I know. know if you felt some of that yes. too, where you, yes, yes. Well, I fucking, uh, well, and the reason I can't, well, I was going to say the reason I jumped into it and then I'll let you do your thing sure. is because, you know, some podcasts, I don't have to talk about it at all. I just went on a podcast with two incredibly famous, beautiful women did not come up, talked about spirituality, talked about whatever. I'll go on a comedy podcast always comes up because comedy guys were so excited to see me burn because I was like a self-righteous asshole. That mm-hmm. was like, that's kind of what I was like the most guilty of. I, I guess. mean, did you not see your Conan set? <laughs> oh, I, <know. laughs> I have not rewatched it, nor have I been back on the show, my friend. Uh, yeah. And so I was, a, I was a bit up my, I took, I took some of these little Bill Hicks comparisons a little too far. Um, I got a little too into it. And, but the, but it's so funny because when I used to go on podcasts mm-hmm. back in that day, you know, usually when you get introduced to do like a comedy show, it's like, all right, you've seen this next funny guy on Conan or on, you know, Joe Rogan, please welcome hilarious playing at this club, Jamie Kilstein. And now my intros are always like the harrowing tale of a man who lost it all and who made mistakes and is now climbing his way back. And I'm always like, Oh fuck. And so I mean, maybe you chose to have reason- that hair and beard though. Like you look like harrowing tale right now. The, this quarantine baby. <laughs> this is, this is, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm seeing what I can get away with. And one of my exes just texted me, unsolicited and just said just so you know the more disheveled you look the hotter it is and i was like all right i thought she was gonna say the more disheveled you look the guiltier you look nope nope (laughs) nope it's her versus you right now buddy uh and right now i'm probably gonna fuck her so you know i'm gonna keep the fucking hair growing but 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 like seriously man like i i do think that i mean it's hard because this i'm sure you felt even though it's not as big like it is hard to um, it is hard to move on when you kind of keep having to talk about it and it makes sense. And that's not passive aggressive towards you. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, we got to talk about it. I did Bobby yeah. Kelly's podcast yesterday and it was like alluded to, and then we went to the Patreon thing and he goes, Oh, you have to explain it. Cause literally no one knows what the fuck happened. And I'm like, all right, time to introduce a new audience to a is bunch that, of bullshit. Is that like a little backhanded? Cause you're just like, oh, I wasn't famous enough, famous enough for everyone to know, but just famous enough that like it, 
my life was, was public. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say that all the time. I'm like, I got zero benefit. People are like, well, look at Louis C.K. He did something much worse than you, and he's thriving. I'm like, right, 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 because people liked him a lot before it happened. I had burnt so many bridges just by being this like self-righteous political guy that people were like, ha, ha, fuck him. And the only place I was famous, I would joke, the only times when my parents came to visit me that I would get recognized is at a fucking vegan restaurant. And I was like, well, like I lost that audience. So the one place, yeah, I was kind of known. Um, Yeah, they all kind of got their orders and turned on me and blah, blah, blah. But to answer your actual question, um, do I get defensive. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm sure this has happened to you. You get the wrong person sticking up for you and you go, yee, I don't want to be on that team. You know, like I'll have people, I'll have really great people who are like, Hey man, you've been through a lot. Like I've still supported you. I'm glad you're back. And then I'll get people who are like, Hey man, heard you on Rogan, like really funny. And I'm like, thanks so much. And they're like, these fucking whores. Right. And you're like, Nope, <laughs> no. Yeah. It's no, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want exactly. And that, and we'll get into that. Cause that's, a, that's definitely a, a piece of, of what, why I reached out to talk to you. Uh, yeah. So I should say I'm, I'm here right now. You, you didn't see him on Conan and you, you yeah. might not have heard Still of this video, <laughs> but you, but you definitely heard about my demise. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you read Jezebel, uh, J- comedian, Jamie Kilstein, everybody. Um, so do you want, so um, let's start the, with some basic context. Are you figuring out the context. least horrible way to do this? <laughs> well, it's like, well, let's give the um, because I didn't want to get too much into the nitty gritty of what happened. So there was something to like my job. I the way I view and the way I intro that episode was like, I my job's not here to like interrogate. My my job's not here to to get you to do a Jack Nicholson like you can't handle the truth. I'm just here to have a conversation and maybe ask some questions. And I think you and I specifically can really connect on. Um, some stuff about like masculinity and and feminism and sometimes the self righteousness. I think that could be really cool. Yeah, right. that's a- But there's part of it where it's like if I ask you without like asking without having other women involved, it's like I don't want to get too much in the nitty gritty of what happened. But we also need to give a context. But I yeah, also can't. Course. You just like I just also can't let you cakewalk. In theory, I have to educate myself what happened. So it's like I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to interrogate. But I want to no, be informed no, no. enough that like and- I don't just let Jamie create a narrative. You on Bridget, uh, I forget her name, uh, the, the name of the podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that was what I think also really sold me on, I want to talk to this guy because like a lot of things you brought up on that, I was like, these are things I struggle with as well. And I think a lot of men struggle with. So do you want to give like a basic context of like what happened with that, with Jezebel article and, and sure. what you were called out for? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, it's funny, a lot of the defensive defending myself things i've really only told to people in my personal life because there was this fucking fork in the road and i promise i'll get to all this stuff there was this fork in the road where lost everything only reason i didn't kill myself like was looking it up my girlfriend at the time was out of town she came back was totally supportive that's the only reason i'm alive because i because everything was gone every fan every dollar every everything and so i had her and i had this jujitsu gym so, which they happened to be looking for a teacher the week this happened. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to like fucking go broke. I'm not going to die. Right. And I was broke, but I'm like, I'm not going to die. And so, um, so, but there were phases where the people reaching out to me still, when I was lining up this press tour, trying to figure out like, what shows can I go on? I'm still really fucking liberal. I mean, 
I, it's cringy to say, but I'm like, even like with feminine, like there's nothing I don't really still feel the same way about. I mean, I guess the believe all women thing, uh, but like believe a lot of them. Um, I didn't go the route of, you know, guys being falsely accused of shit is just as bad. It's not, it's horrible. It fucking ruined my life, but there are not as many guys who have been falsely. I said this on Rogan's. There are not as many guys who have been falsely accused of shit as there have been women who have not gotten justice for their assault. And, but what I do think is that when you conflate a shitty boyfriend with an abuser, when you conflate, um, you know, rape with like clumsily asking someone out, it's like, that's not good for men or women. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I have had to avoid, you know, during this sort of broke, and I'm not trying to be like, I'm such a good guy, but like I had this moment where I was like, do I, like I got a book deal offer and all these people wanted me to be the fucking dude who writes the book that's like why I left the left or like the mm-hmm. former male feminist, whatever. And yo, I thought about it because um, I had nothing. And then I was just like, I fucking, I can't. I remember one night I was holding my cat crying we had no money he got fleas because like the place i lived was so shitty and i was like my rock bottom was like okay you know what there's a lot of guys i didn't think i would like that i that aren't as bad as i thought that i like heard on rogan or whatever and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna look into this like ben shapiro guy maybe he's not as bad too and i remember i watched some youtube clips of ben shapiro and i go nope i'm not gonna be able to i am not gonna be able to sell out and fucking do this so what's really heartbreaking for me is that what's heartbreaking for me is that, you know, the people whose beliefs I align with, you know, some of them may think shitty things about me, uh, that aren't true. Uh, and then, but what makes me feel good about it is, well, now I know I actually believe the things for the right reason, because not only is it not profiting me, but it's actually antithetical to me making money. So what happened in short is, um, I was in a, a, a marriage, um, and the, the marriage wasn't going great, but we had this really great, um, friendship and we had this really great show and the show was very progressive and I stand by a lot of the stuff that we did and said and, um, the little fans we had and shit like that. And, but it was a balance when I started the show, it was a balance of like edgy comedy and liberal politics. And that didn't exist back in the day. It was under George Bush and there really wasn't a place for it, you know? And we started the show for a cool fucking reason, which is like, we were both edgy and funny. And sometimes when we went to political spaces, they were like, that's too offensive. But I was also too political that sometimes when I would go on stage, they would be like, boo. <laughs> and so we're, this is right around when podcasts were coming out. It was even before Marin. Uh, Cause I was doing shows with Marin and so we started this podcast and it took off and it was fucking great. And usually what happened was I would go to a place to perform and suddenly all those people would start listening to the shows and that's how the audience built. Um, I go on Rogan's once when it was still at his house. It was fucking great. We talked about the war on drugs. We talked about, uh, you know, all this like kind of like. You were seen as like the lefty liberal comic. Like I said, I mean, folks, I'll put a link in the le- show. I'll put a link yeah. in the show notes to the Conan okay, set, <laughs> which, which I do like. I like the Conan set. But like if you want an idea of like how lefty this guy was, like yeah. that set gives you an idea 
of just Guys, how much he's like, yeah. I'd rather tell you why you're all wrong than be funny right now, but and, like you need to hear this. And never come back on the show. They right. got so many complaints. Right. It was me and Kobe Bryant, my TV debut, and I used it to scream and pace about drone strikes. Drones, yeah. By the way, not under the Bush administration, where maybe it would have been popular, uh, under the Obama administration, where it definitely wasn't popular. Right. So your uh, brand was the left, like lefty comic me- uh, meshing politics and comedy. And you and by built, the way, though, and you, yeah. But I was just talking about this with, with these women, uh, bef- the podcast I did before, which is like, I didn't become political. I cringe at most political comedy. Mm. You know, someone's fucking on a YouTube thing and they pull out a newspaper. I'm just like slowly closing my laptop. When I, I'm a high school dropout, I didn't fucking vote until pretty recently. Um, I. I remember I tried to read Noam Chomsky when I was like in my twenties because I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm liberal. So I'll do this. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck any of this means. Um, and, I, and, and it built towards citizen radio. Well, I became politically aware under George Bush and it was mm-hmm. gay marriage where I was like, I didn't want to be political, but I'm like, this is fucked up. And so I just kind of became the fuck the church, fuck the establishment guy, less than like a political comic where I let it get to my fucking head. It was one good thing and one bad thing. The good thing was I could only make a living overseas because it was post 9-11, so I couldn't make money here. So I would go overseas. Because I was an American comic talking about political issues, every newspaper compared me to Carlin and Hicks. I think out of pure fucking laziness because they're like, oh, it's an American guy who would get booed in the States and come over here. You know, that's what Hicks was known for. And so then I fucking let it get to my head. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm this fucking guy. I'm this like iconoclast guy. You're in your 20s and you're like, I'm I'm somebody. Dude, in my 20s, someone took yeah. a picture of me smoking a cigarette after I walked an audience lying on the stage. Like I was fucking ugh, like that. But then where it got fucked is, so I do the Rogan and it goes well. Then at the time, my show started talking more about kind of cancel culture stuff. And we were going after Tosh for this fucking dumb rape thing mm-hmm. he said. And I get invited on Rogan's again, and the first time was great, so I'm like, this is going to be amazing. And uh, I don't know if I've said this on a podcast before. I may have said it on Stanhope's, but this should be an anti-drug commercial, is I hadn't smoked weed for years, and I was sober, but they asked if I wanted to smoke weed before the show, and I'm like, yeah, it's Joe Rogan's. you got to smoke weed. This is so exciting. This is a big deal. I smoke weed, having no idea we're about to get into a huge fucking fight. Um, We get into a huge fucking fight about rape culture, about me taking the feminist stance. Um, I didn't even know we were going to get into a fight. I was just like, wait, maybe you're misunderstanding me. I am so fucking stoned that there should literally be an anti-drug commercial that's like me being like, hey, you want to smoke with Joe Rogan? Yeah. And then it goes like 10 minutes later and Joe Rogan is literally standing up, standing up at his desk going, would you rather be raped or murdered? Would you rather be raped or murdered? And then it should just say, don't do drugs. Um, So that happened, completely destroyed Every comic, Stan Hope, friends of mine, people posting, fuck Killstein, blah, blah, blah. So that was the uh, that was the moment where I go, I have failed. I have failed as a comedian. I have this political podcast. Fuck comedy. Fuck these comics. Um, and that's when the show started getting less about political stuff that I agree with and a little more what we see on the extreme left now, where like instead of talking about issues, it's like this guy said this thing or more like cancel culture, like fuck Tosh, he should be fired because he made this. You were joke. doing you were doing some healthy canceling. You were doing a bunch of canceling. It was like, can't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was can't guys not to be too hipster. I was canceling before it was cool and I was canceled before it was cool. Um, I was canceled before Louie. So then what happens is I have this fucking affair. 
because um, I'm too much of a fucking pussy to get out of my relationship. It was terrible, and I was codependent, and I hate that I did it. Blah blah blah. Lots of people cheat. There are reasons. Was this lots of with the cheat. staff member, or was this? Yeah, so I mean, so even staff member, like, this is why I hate getting into details. I don't, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to differentiate if it was someone from the thing or if this is a separate, no, 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 it was from the thing. I don't mean, yeah. No, no, no. And just by staff member, it was like someone who came over occasionally and then was like, I should come on the road with you and was helping with the show, uh, approached me to help with the show. I was like, yeah, we have some money and like Mm -hmm. kicked some money. Uh, she helped with the show. We had this like incredibly long affair. Uh, after she left the show, so it had it was no power dynamic thing. That's so, the only reason. So there there was nothing happening while she was employed. No, 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 she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 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 completely fucked up. Uh, okay. That's that's when I cheated. Yeah, uh, but uh, employed even it was like there was no staff, there was no office, there was no you know it was uh dumb. It was just mm. fucking dumb. There are things I can tell you off the air uh, as well, yeah. um, but. Uh, it happened. It happened after she left the show for like, I think another year. I think it says that in the Jezebel article. Yeah, yeah. The role I like to play in this, I don't like it. I hate it because the conversation me and you would have off the air is very different. But I'm like, I just don't want to spend time fucking burying women. So I am going to go <laughs> with uh, what is said in the article and say that a lot of what is said in the article is not true. But I will completely... Uh, take blame for what I did, which is like had a dumb affair. But I- even in the article, all that's really said. I mean, not that these things are great, and these are the types of things I want. I want to talk about some point. But it's like you're basically at work. The- when I finished reading it, um, and then reading another thing, I was like, the worst thing I'm seeing here is that Jamie may have some typical celebrity shitty DM behavior with fans. At worst. There was nothing of consent violations. So I can run through that as well, because even the DM thing, even that is not fucking true where. So, okay. So with the, just, so with the affair thing, I was like in love with this girl. Like we were just like in love and it was this like romance that couldn't happen. And then I felt so fucking guilty that it was the first time I was suicidal. First time I was depressed, whatever that has, it doesn't have to do with me. I'm still cheating and I'm being a coward. Right. Um, and, uh, and I'm telling you the suicidal depression thing, but I'm not like fucking holding it over them or whatever. I'm just dealing with all of this in my head. So I think it says that she tried to break it off. I don't know, man. I finally broke it off. I kept trying to break it off because um, I felt so guilty. I break off this affair, go back, and I'm like, I would rather be in a marriage that's not working than have like this fucking guilt bullshit. Um, my wife and I publicly, which it doesn't say in the article as well, um, tried an open relationship. We're like, maybe this will save it. And the open relationship, it was, uh, hey, guys, don't do this. It was don't ask, don't tell. And the rule was that I can't do anything in New York. So really, the only time I can have sex is when I'm on the road doing comedy. And so like, dude, I've never sent a fucking dick pic. I've never been like, I don't make the first fucking move. The girl who said we were DMing, yeah, I thought we were DMing and like flirting and like being like crushy and cute. But then again, in the article, that is not true. A lot of it. She goes, uh, I told him I had a boyfriend and he said, I'm sorry. And like, that's where that ended. 
I remember she kept trying to DM me and I ignored yeah. her. And, and, and we then, don't have to, yeah, we don't have to get the nitty gritty of the article because I, as a former uh, editor in chief of a, a news website and former fact checker at Celebrity yeah. Gossip Magazines, I was a little appalled about how this article is done. Well, what uh, did you think and, and about I, that? Because the third person I'll, I'll, is the last I'll give, one you alluded to. I will give my, I will give my like very brief take on the article writing because I, again, I, I don't want, you know, again, you've told the story plenty. People can find I've you on their pockets. F- I've also fucking avoided reading yeah. or seeing this article. For my, like- my, my, my take on this article was there was a lot of stuff done that was really shitty just as an, from an editorial standpoint. So it's like, when you say you got screenshots, like you typically show those screenshots. Like, I mean, that's just, I mean, at some point, like you have to really say you're going to verify that all these screenshots existed. They also like quoted an, uh, an episode allegedly that you said something kind of disrespectful about like road fucks, but then they're like, we couldn't find it. And it's like, Literally well, editorially, it article. yeah, yeah. They, they say an article, Jezebel couldn't find this episode. It's like, well, then you don't quote it. Like, that's just well, not so, how that so works. That so there's one, stuff like that was but that's, weird. And that, and that third one is what you alluded to. It's so funny because I hate talking about this, but once it comes up, I'm just kind of like, I will just forget about, oh my God, that insane thing happened too. So mm. literally what happened was we announced the open relationship and the ex who I had the affair with went on a Facebook message group, like a feminist podcast Facebook and said like, who has been wronged by Jamie Kilstein? Now the hundreds of girls I slept with, this is what they came up with. And you slept with hundreds of women. What's that? Yeah. Well, they came up with, yeah. Hey, this is just a long way that I could, I could brag about that. Uh, but that's what they came up with. Like, flirting on DM. And then, so this last one, this is where it's like this article. I can't believe it's still responsible for not getting me work and it's still fucking up. So literally says I cheat on my wife again. I sleep with this girl. Me and her did not have sex. I was not cheating. I was in a public open relationship. Um, And then at the end, she says something literally like, that night it was the safest I ever felt. Yeah, I felt or, safe because I'm with Jamie Kilstein, this, you know, this like feminist lefty comedian. But like, also I can she safe felt safe here. because I treat women fucking well and I'm not a fucking gropey fucking creep, right? Like, and then she goes, but then weeks later he called me a road fuck on his podcast. That's when Jezebel said Jezebel cannot find the quote. Because I'm not talking about road pussy on my feminist podcast that I host with my wife. That right. is fu- in a don't ask, don't tell relationship. Yeah. That is insane. So it's and like, even my, if so I my, so my that, stance with sexual the, misconduct, yeah. it's me being an asshole. Yeah. So that, and that was my big takeaway uh, was okay, at worst, Jamie is an asshole. It is an asshole. not against the law to be an asshole. I'm an asshole. A lot of us have the capacity to be assholes. And we now, should be, and we should work on it every day to be right. a little less of an asshole. And and there's things that, what I don't like is when places try to use these buzzwords and don't say what happens. So there's things like, you know, uh, they'll say emotionally abusive. They'll say manipulative. It's like predatory. Well, can we say what's happening? Because you say these words, we Dude. don't know what that is. Well, and this what is why is I'm that? still losing work. And again, I don't want to make it about me, but this is why I am still losing work. I mean, you are like, great at it, I should say. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Guys, once again, 25% capacity. Hilarious I th- album. I th- I Not think, about this. <laughs> I, think, um, I think 15 minutes ago, I was like, give us like the brief summary of what happened. Well, because you start talking about it. And it's like, are I don't you worried have... that it sounds bad? Yeah. Even in reta- in retelling, you're like the more. There's a part of you think that the more detail you give, the less bad it sounds. <sighs> kind of because which is the opposite of what you're supposed. Right? Like they say, like like liars will say like more shit and stuff like that. It's more that it's so fucking frustrating. 
where when someone's like, yeah, and then, you know, you apparently call this girl a road fuck. Like, I could just leave it at that because that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But then I have to kind of go back and be like, but I also didn't do that. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I can do a list. We could do the rest of the episode on shit I'm working on, on why I didn't leave because I was fucking codependent about the times I've like, without knowing it, used my depression to like make myself like the height of the relationship about, you know, I mean, the codependency was so fucking bad, man. It's why I didn't get out of relationships. It's why I would like resent people in relationships. There was so much shit. But then you hear stuff that's just not true. And it's like, how do you just how like, do you shut up and sit with, you know, it's like it's difficult. Like I see hard. people today. Yeah. I got into a Twitter fight in 2015. I was a major asshole. I have accepted that. And like my impulse control, my thumbs and my argumentative nature is a daily thing I try to do better on. And I keep trying to say like, uh, you know, I'm doing I'm trying to do better today than yesterday. And I'll try yeah. to do better uh, tomorrow than I did today. And that's the best a human being can do. Yeah. Right. But it's like, you know, and, and I'm sure there was a lot of things that you were struggling with with relationships and sense of self and stuff. But like, I'm very interested, especially in today's day with what men can do after a fuck up, even if fuck up, because sometimes we say fuck up and we mean rape. And sometimes we say fuck up and we mean we were an asshole on Twitter. And sometimes in between it's like, but the thing that broke my heart about Louie the most was that I felt like if there was a comic who was, who was both brilliant and understood what happened, I thought if anyone could go away, learn some shit, come back a few years later, not 10 months, but like a few years later, and then teach us what he learned and made it hilarious. I thought Louis could do that. I think Chappelle's also good enough to do that, but I like to think that Chappelle uh, doesn't do that. Don't Uh, whip your dick out, Chappelle. (laughs) Fucking please. Come on, man. (laughs) So when Louis, I didn't get upset Louis when he came to the cellar the first time. I didn't even get that mad when he came the second time. But when he was like, I need to come out and just keep doing shows. And then when we finally see that leak set, which guys don't leak sets because it's unfinished product, but still it's like, you could see in the premises, like this guy didn't fucking learn anything. And I was like, men right now, I think need someone to go away and come back and to have gotten and have improved and learned something because we don't have that figure to look to. We only know how to try to avoid getting caught for fucking up. Even if we're trying not to fuck up, you know, this is a really, this is a really cool conversation. So this is why I wanted to do the show with you because I knew you were one of the only people that's like, Hey, we're going to have to talk about the shit, even though sometimes it'll come up. Like I said, it came up on Bobby's yesterday. Um, but I was like, that's not fun and I'm over it and I know I'm a better person and like whatever. But this conversation I think is so fucking important. Yeah. And so I don't know who your audience is. I don't want to know. I'm just going to like say all the things that'll probably piss off different little groups, or maybe they'll all be empathetic in different ways. First I'll go. I agree. So I agree with you. Um, I agree with you as someone who went through a nowhere near as bad. Like I said, if I wasn't a self-righteous asshole, the things I was accused of, even if all of them were true, are things that comics have all talked about on stage on a podcast. It was, but I was the funny, haha, the preachy asshole, right? But it is so fucking lonely. And it is, I would imagine, even at Louis's level, fucking terrifying. I was so little famous and I was walking around Los Angeles with a hoodie and sunglasses. Like I was an accused celebrity of murder. I, my girlfriend at the time she came on to Stan Hopes when we did the All Things Comedy Festival was beautiful and I didn't want to go anywhere with her without her 
because I was like, well, if she's with me, people will know that I'm like normal and I'm not like, um, I'm not like an asshole. Like we saw kind of using her as a, as a social shield. Yeah. I mean, but she knew it. we we talked about it where I was just like, I just feel safer with you there. Um, we saw Pat Oswald on a Trader Joe's commercial or a Trader Joe's parking lot, Whole Foods parking lot. And that guy went after me hard. I don't even like talking about it. Um, oh, sure. so hard. And I was just like, we have to go up and fucking say something to him. And she was just like, do you really want to? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like th- that would be very weird, right? Aggressively sneaking up on someone is probably not the best way to make your case. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, he needs to know that I'm not th- this. And like, I don't know why the fuck he did that. And like, you know, whatever. And so I'm sure Louie felt that while, while I would always say, well, it was so much easier for Louie because he had a bigger audience and he could just have a career. Sure. I lost my career, but he also, I mean, one of his jokes was, the president knows my kink now, you know, like Barack Obama knows my thing, which is masturbating in front of girls. So when I was debating, and this sucks to say, but like, again, if we're just being honest, when I was debating, like, okay, I'm not going to be like a right wing guy and I'm not going to like hate women. Cause dude, I talked to people. I had some people reach out to me after Rogan who sound like maybe they were falsely accused, but I'm like, I don't want to. But then there were some people who reached out to me that they were like, I'm going to make these fucking women pay. And I was like, I, even if you were falsely accused, I don't want to be near that. When Mm -hmm. this shit happened, I was like, I either kill myself, right? Which was the plan. Or I have to come out of this so much better. And that means I can't be bitter against anybody Mm -hmm. for a second because they all went through what they went through. I went through what I went through and like, you know, it's just going to, it's just, I I can't become that. When the, when the articles goes up, like does, is there initial thought of like this fucking feminism is bullshit? No, I just wanted to, I just want, I honestly just 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 wanted to die. I just wanted to die. I was just Googling it and figuring it out and like hoping my girlfriend didn't figure out and I just didn't want her to find out. What was the winning method? So uh, here's what's, what's, here's, what's the here's leading what's, method. This is how up. you know two comics are talking. Which form yeah. of suicide was looking good? I'll tell you. So I'm afraid <laughs> of heights, right? So that knocks out a lot. Um, I'm afraid of heights. And then I was like, I don't have a gun. I literally, dude, because I, I was still self-righteous liberal. I was like, ooh, but maybe I can make like an anti-gun statement while doing it. And then I'm like, what am I doing? So I was going to hang myself because I was like, well, my friends who have killed themselves hung themselves. Where I broke down and completely started sobbing is I'm looking up how to tie the knot and I couldn't figure it out. And then I remembered like, I didn't like pass cub scouts. Like I never got into like boy scouts and I'm like, I'm a piece of shit. I'm going to be the guy who fucks us up, who falls through the noose, who breaks both of his legs, who tries to wheel himself into traffic. Like uh, no. And then luckily my girlfriend came home and I I didn't have to do it. But I got to imagine that the entire, like the whatever year or two or so that follows, I got to imagine there's a lot of like, war within yourself of like what your relationship is to feminism well so this is what like I was you still say. believe in the ideals but you're like it's almost like a movement came after you yeah and so this is what i was going to say where i empathize with louis which is when i debated like okay can i be this like maybe lefty who has a show on a right-wing show or whatever it wasn't even as much this like calculated money grab because, you know, when I got a book offer, I was like, all right, that would have been money. Um, but it was when I went into these studios 
everyone was just fucking nice to me. And there were just these beautiful women who, you know, were some were moms, some were whatever, who they would hug me. And I'd be like, are we allowed to do that? And they'd be like, hey, man, that's really shitty what happened to you. And now with that said, since then, I've met and associated with primarily like liberal women who also like will say stuff like that. But it was the first time that I just didn't feel like a complete piece of garbage. Mm -hmm. And one of the problems that I see with cancel culture, and I wonder if you agree with me, is it's just making like almost like regular comics and shit like that double down on being hateful and audiences just like almost being like more racist and sexist and shit on Twitter because they think that they're fighting back. I mean, I guess they kind of are against this fucking woke cancel culture so like both sides are getting worse the cancel culture side is getting worse and trying to call more people out but then the quote-unquote offensive comics who at least used to be like offensive funny effect like a tell right where it's like it's like silly offensive now do you know when shane gillis got fired how many fucking asian jokes and like c-word droppings i heard that next week that i hadn't heard in i don't know a fucking decade and i'm like right because it's that comic mentality of like oh what did he get in trouble for all right i'm gonna find a way to use it in conversation i'm gonna find a way to whatever push the taboo of it Yeah. yeah so it's like making all of the sides worse so so where i would say that i do sort of like feel for Louie is like when you feel like you are just garbage and all alone and everybody thinks you're garbage, but then certain people are reaching out to you and go, no, fuck them. You're fine. You didn't fucking do anything. Like you kind of go, all right, I guess I, I guess I just keep doing what I am doing because where I also don't agree it's like is Louis, like, I feel like new, better. like see that let's say, well, this is what I wonder. I just feel like Lou Louis comedy had so much feminism in it. Right. Yeah. Without even saying hi, I'm a feminist, but it's like a half feminist. Of course. I was like Louis specific. Like this isn't Bill Burr. Like well, Louis hey, should know better. It was why Aziz should know better. Well, so what did you think of the Aziz special where it just opened with him like Ugh. sitting on a stool Didn't and like giving it. an earnest apology. Neither did, did I. So I, I, was like, I, I, I think it's, I, th- I think it's, well, I think it was like one Aziz. That Aziz, seemed like it was written by PR people. Like, uh, yeah, two parts with Aziz. And I've said this before on the show, so I'll keep it brief. But it's like one, if he hadn't written a book on dating in the modern era that includes consent, I would say <laughs> like we wouldn't have been as outraged if it was Daniel Tosh. And then sure. on the apology, I was like, dude, like, let's make this funny or make it separate. Like, I think yeah. if you're not going to make this a funny apology, like Louis might have done one day, yeah. uh, probably never will now. It's like then you know make a separate statement with your apology or make it a separate thing with the like have it be the opening sketch so to speak of the special then you can cut and then you can do your special but like to do on stage felt weird to me it didn't feel insincere it just felt it felt a little weird yeah i uh i've i've never told anyone this publicly but i actually wrote a ton of material about what happened and a lot of it did go to like what it sounds like you're kind of looking for but because I'm so not famous, and remember you were like, hey, give an elevator pitch of what happened. I'm you like, could do I a great, can't. You could do a great job of apologizing and everyone would still be like, who? You know, who the fuck is that? <laughs> so it like, doesn't have the effect. I have to give this like 20 minute story. Dude, that soliloquy that I gave to you, I had a phase when, so when me and the girl who was with me, when oh it God, all here's happened. Here's another soliloquy. <laughs> yeah. No, when we broke up a year later, um, and I started dating in LA, 
I would like give these poor girls on a first date the exact horrifying monologue that probably made most of your listeners be like, why is this happening? I would give that to them because I felt like, well, before we kiss, I should like legally tell you all this stuff that happened. And tell you I'm a terrible person. Yeah. And every single one of them was like, dude, I thought you were going to tell me you were accused of rape. Like, why did you tell me all of that? Mm -hmm. And then not everyone is as outraged as the internet is. This is on Daniel. I had Daniel Sloss on like uh, a couple years ago. Dude, He's the best. He's, fantastic he's um, such a great X guy was such a great special he's so funny he's so intelligent like so smart and what he said was he said on the show he was like i hate that i'm gonna die knowing i'm on the losing side because he's like with the left you're never left enough but the right they don't care how right on the right you are they just happy you're here they were like right. uh right it's <laughs> like you don't like taxes joke. you don't like taxes cool uh you don't like queers all right you'd hate like black people Ah, that's fine. You can still hang out with we us. Can us. We can work with that. We can work with that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, fine. We'll make you hate him or whatever. Like, come on in. We so, got Candace so, Owens. You're good. Yeah. Whereas in on the left, it's like, if you, like, there's always someone to be that. We will be down to two trans women of color who are neurodivergent with one leg, and they will yep. still argue Hoover who was born with one leg and who yep. lost it. Like, it's an episode of South Park. Like, yeah. and that's a problem on the left. It's like, it, it, you can't expect everyone to be at, like, you can't always be a sex positive 401. Okay, not right. everyone's there. Not everyone read the fucking books. Okay, some right. people not everyone read the books. Yeah. Hey, since you talk about, um, we can take it away from. I mean, I know you want to talk <laughs> sure, more sure, about sure. cancel culture, but like, I've actually had these debates. So, like, the last girlfriend I had, who I moved here with, so I left LA mm-hmm. with her. She was just so sweet, and I think we both were just so sick of dating in LA. Me giving this fucking story every time. Her would just like sleazy fucking guys wanted to fuck her and not call and so we just settled for each other because we're like we're both nice right and you know her poor fucking parents are like these like sweet conservative live in texas oil family and like they had to google i had to have the conversation with them and when that conversation happened and they were great you know they love me they know that their daughter loved me and that i was good to her when that conversation happened i was like I never want to do this again. Mm. And me and her, like the reason we left LA was just because the relationship wasn't working, but we were like, we have to make this work. So we tried to (coughs) leave LA and, you know, and and we finally, we we got a grip and we broke up and it was, it was a good breakup. Um, But there have been phases where one, this has made me just want to settle. I mean, dude, the girl who was with me when it happened was like physically and emotionally abusive and I just didn't care because I was just so happy to have like a beautiful girlfriend to say I have a girlfriend so I can't be a creep. Like it was so dumb. And uh, and then, yeah, th- th- this girl, Emma, we settled for each other. And um, but even this year, I've, I've been really – this has been the first year I've ever been alone. It's funny. I've been reading on polyamory for the first time, but I've also been reading a lot of monks about like celibacy and kind of just like figuring out wow, – the... those are two really different fucking options. But there's also <laughs> a lot of overlap in the problems mm-hmm. with like regular monogamous relationships, right? Um, and then there was part of me when I finally was like – because I'm like I can't be in a relationship for at least a year. Like I totally went to a sex worker here and it was great and she was great. Yeah. And I was like 
Maybe the goal is just get rich enough where I only go to sex workers because I'll never have to deal with this drama because a fucking waitress uh, asked for my number and, or no, she asked for my Instagram and I didn't want to give it to her because I'm like, she's going to Google me before I can say something, even though we had nothing but a lovely interaction. The fear of a rejection that you'll probably never receive directly, but this uh, rejection in your mind when you're picturing her at home, Googling you and saying, oh, I'm not even, I'm not DMing that guy. He's a sex creep. He's a, you know, all this stuff instead of like, what does uh, interest from women do for you and your sense of self? Would, uh, well, it used to be everything. It used to completely fill the hole. Um, and, you know, I wasn't in a relationship. My, the first girl I kissed was the first girl I slept with, was the first girl I dated when I was like 18, and then she cheated on me. So, like, off to a fucking fantastic flying start. And then every girl I dated or slept with, I felt I I was the guy I would fall in love with one night stands. Mm -hmm. I wrote a poem to a one night stand when I was like 23 in like fucking Edinburgh. Um, the, I feel like every time I sleep with someone, I go, well, this is a fluke and this is it. And we have to hold on to this no matter what. So the codependency stuff would, it would be like me not breaking up with uh, people, but it would also be just me doing whatever they wanted and thinking it's because I was a really good boyfriend, but then not noticing when I resented them later or when would fight later or whatever, which is actually what codependency is. And this year is, yeah, it's the first year I've been alone. And I'm like, I'm 38, dude. And I'm like, oh, I like to wake up at like five and I like to meditate and I like to, and I have to go to the gym and I have to be in nature. And these are the things I have to do. And now there's part of me that thinks I'm really healthy and I've gotten over codependence, but because I'm alone. And then there's another part of me, yeah, where I feel like I've sort of turned into, I've gone from I will sleep with anybody for validation to suddenly being like, I don't want to do anything until marriage. Like now I sound like a Puritan. Um, But it could be because, you know, maybe there are still some issues there and I'm going to have to confront them. Once I get back into a relationship, that temptation to be codependent will be there. But I've been saying, I'll say this, I'm sure you've experienced this in your life. Um, since I'm not looking for a girl, it is easily the most I've ever been hit up in my fucking life by girls who I would consider way out of my league. And I've been saying no, uh, very, very consistently for the first time. So I'm like, okay, something's changed at least a little bit. Where now, before it was like, if I did a show and I didn't have sex, I fucked up, right? Mm -hmm. Or if I was in that town or whatever. Um, Now I'm kind of avoiding it. Like, I'm like, I will go home right afterwards. Not because I'm afraid of it or afraid what's going to happen, but I get more of a high like exploring the city by myself or listening to music or writing or finding a jujitsu place to go. So I think that's actual progress. I don't think it needs to, I mean, they say like spiritual people will say you're filling a God or a God shaped hole. And that's what you're trying to make up for. And you know, this is the first year that I guess I would consider myself spiritual and that I've been, yeah, doing like a ton of work on myself and all that cliche shit um, that I don't feel like I need it anymore. But before when all of that was happening, I mean, even before I cheated, like when a fan DMs you or you're DMing with fan, however it happened, but whatever, yeah. it's like when you can sense that there's an interest in you or even maybe interest in you because they really dig the comedy. It's like, I know for me when like listener show like calls me cute or something like I get 
the biggest fucking I have to yeah. kind of con- I have to kind of like keep a hold of myself. You know what's funny? This isn't an excuse, but I wonder if you've had this too where I uh sometimes when it happens, I mean this happened with I mean pretty much everyone the, with the public thing. I'm so fucking down on myself that I've missed signs 1 through 10. Yep. And suddenly I have this beautiful girl who I thought I never had a chance with making a move. And I'm like, well, I do not have time to think this through. And I'm just so fucking shocked that I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. And was that because like when you say you missed those signs, was that because like uh, you were so in the aftermath of what happened that um, you're almost afraid to accept that those were signs? No, 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 no. no. But I mean, like even with the people that it happened with, like with okay. the affair, with the, I, I was still like that. It was just that like self-hating, how can someone like someone like me, forgetting that like, yeah, I guess we are a little public. Because mm. I never thought of myself as famous or I never thought of myself as successful or I never, I mean, I still sure. don't because I'm not. Um, mm. But I, uh, or good looking or any of these things. And and I'm just like, what? And like, yeah, it's very shocking. It, yeah, it does make me, but, but dude, this year it's been happening a lot. And like, I just, I'm like, like, I'll just straight up get tits now, which never used to happen. And I'm just like, do I thank them? And like, now I'm going too far in the opposite direction where like, there are girls I haven't met where like, maybe we start flirting. And then once I realize something isn't going to happen, I have to have like essentially a full on breakup conversation with them where they'll be like, I really like what's really hot about you is your boundaries as they're like ripping up my fucking boundaries. So like, they'll tell me I'll fly out and we can have sex and like, nothing's going to happen. I'm not going to get upset. And I think about it, but it's then tempting. I noted, but then what, what's it? Oh yeah. Well, especially during all this, but then they like get upset the next day about something like on Instagram where they're like, Hey, why didn't you write me this morning? And I go, Okay, we have to talk on the phone. And I'm like, hey, if you're getting this upset now, there is no fucking way I'm going to have sex with you because mm-hmm. you're going to get so much more upset. And so now I'm like, <laughs> it's going the opposite. Fuck it. It's like literally girls I've never met before. And I'm like, it's not you. It's me. And like I've had girls like upset. When it comes to like um, people we would call fans, uh, some fans don't like being called fans. We call them listeners, whatever the fuck. Yeah. But like um, it is interesting in our realm how we – it's portrayed as like say predatory behavior to DM with a fan, but we don't say that about like rock stars, right? Cause like rock stars are supposed to yeah. fuck a bunch of their fans. Whereas in like comics they are supposed to like go home sad and masturbate. It's weird, right? I think I do attract some girl, some women for the same reasons they might've been attracted to you. Like yeah. very open about boundaries. Sounds like very sex positive. Sounds like he's probably not going to assault me. That type of yeah. stuff, which it's incredible how low the bar the is, low? right? It's I, like, I have a bit about that on the fucking album, dude. Look, you think you're not famous. I'm like 20 times less famous, right? Well, then so, why like, am I, I can... doing this fucking podcast to promote <laughs> the goddamn comedy album? <laughs> like, hey, I'm I make just a living. up my trauma for nothing. <laughs> I can, I, hey, I can, I can, uh, I can make a living, but uh, I'm not, you know, I don't have a career that I can quite lose. Uh, Dude, I, I, I gotta say, I got, I gotta say, making making a living is the fucking dream, though. By the way, I I used to make a joke to my friends when they would be like, "Hey, why don't you go to like Sirius or something like that?" And I was like, "Well, because I can never get fired, baby, unless I like fuck up my marriage." And then I did it. Yep. Uh, now, but so so, where do you think the boundaries are? Like, where do you think the responsibility is of someone who has a platform yeah. uh, that people seem to be a fan of? Dude, let's figure this out together because I actually Please. wanted to ask you because, okay, so for example, there's this girl. 
um, the one girl I did kind of see during quarantine. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't live here, but we did like multiple trips. Even though it was my single year, I was like, there was a girl, and I was like, I think this could actually be a thing, right? I didn't meet her at a show. And remember, most stand up shows, 80% of the audience doesn't know you. Right. Like they're just going to a comedy club. They got free tickets. Those were the majority of like people I subbed with like back in the day. Um, and, and then you all go out for drinks usually with like their friends. And just like, if you met at a bar, you hit it off, but you're the guy who just did the thing. Um, I've heard sort of anti-feminist people, they'll talk about, you know, well, women will use their looks. So guys will use their, their money or their performance or their whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, I can tell I have people that write me that I can't even look at their Instagram. They listen to the show every day. They're writing me every day. That's not okay. I don't think for me, because it's like, you have a borderline, like, I I guess obsession, right? Like you're writing me every day. You're listening. You have a relationship. You have a a one-sided relationship with me. That even if we were in a relationship, you're already starting at a 10, right? right? Like even if I, I'd have to spend like the first chunk of time just getting to know you because you already know yeah. everything about me. So that I think would be not the best if I did, but take this girl who, you know, it didn't work out. Although we're texting now and like, it seems like we might be heading towards another, like, oops, we're doing another weekend. But like we remained friends through all of it. She saw a comedy video I made on Instagram. It was about jujitsu. She's a jujitsu person. And once we started following each other, she started messaging me right away. So it's like, is that a fucking power dynamic thing? So, so where that's it's where like the she power knew, dynamic she knew me for like confusing. And, and that's what I'm trying to figure out mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I see she has the power because some hot girls DMing me mm-hmm. and she's cool. She thinks I'm cool because, all right, yeah, I have more followers than her. But I don't rein any kind of weird power. She saw a jujitsu video I made on an iPhone and it right. made her laugh. And she goes, Oh, cool, it's a jujitsu guy. Then she goes to my stories and she goes, Oh shit, he's talking about mental health. Like usually like jocks don't really do that. I think that combination is probably why I've been hit up uh this year. And then we start talking and we fucking hit it off. And I let she, the first person that brings up sex, it's always gonna be her. Yeah, so what do you think, if there's someone who starts following me before I know why, and they're gorgeous or whatever, maybe I'll like like a photo, but then it's in her hands. Yeah. Like, you, I won't even follow. I was like, you message, and then if we're like, hey, something's whatever. And Um, that might be extra cautious, but you know what? Like, in today's time, the way things are, like, you know, the, the, the... The way things are, I think it's good if men are extra cautious. You know, you hear people say, oh, he's using feminism to get laid. It's like, if only men were using feminism to get laid, what a great world that would be. Yeah. Right? Even if you're fake, fake it till you make it. I don't care what got you here. Let's just get you in the door, have you stop raping people, and maybe we'll shove like second sex at you or something. Yeah. That's the thing. Like when people, and uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to move real quick just because uh, I got to plug in my computer. But when people were like, uh, yeah, he was using feminism, I was like, buddies, I wish I was that calculated. Where it's like, no, I was just trying to be a fucking decent person. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, look, I didn't make the first move before all this shit happened because I'm a pussy and I'm afraid of rejection. Um, now, I want to let you know that like I read you as a bit of a pussy 
back then because I also bit of a pussy. So I was like, I I recognize what yeah I I see I see the sincerity they, of what did, goes on. Here. Did that shitty article give me alpha cred? They're like, maybe he is a man, maybe he is a fucking dude. Um, but yeah, so I think we're on the same page. I think we're on the same page with that. I mean, but now how do you and I get on the same page with a Rogan listener? Because I do. I had like a booth at the Brooklyn Sex Expo last year, and this guy comes up to me, sees a guy with my face, and at the Brooklyn Sex Expo, not a lot of this face. It's a lot yeah. of like queerness, a lot of women. Great, and then he sees man whore. I'll see that, and he goes, I, and I was like, oh, what podcast do you listen to? He's like, oh, Joe Rogan. I'm yeah. like, oh fuck, and then he's like, yeah. So tell me, what do you think of this Me Too bullshit? And it's like, uh, yeah. so I'm like, do I have to try to be a translator? Do I have to try to be a recruiter for dude, like being a decent dude? You know, you know, what's so wild. I am um, when I did all of these right wing podcasts, mm. I still was a liberal. I still talked about Black Lives Matter and Palestine and fucking even feminism and uh, got all these listeners. This is when I was debating how far do I where to take the brand? Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I got maybe like a few thousand new followers and I mean, even Bridget, she's in that territory, right. Of like middle and, and, um, and I was like, this is great. And a lot of the emails I got were like, Hey man, I don't agree with your liberal stuff, but like really cool that you can call out both sides. And I'm like, neat. This is awesome. Where I've gone back to pretty much everything I believe in back when shit hit the fan, just like much more open-minded about it, I guess I, 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 you could say, um, or open-minded about people who disagree, which is um, when George Floyd happened, when George Floyd was killed, and I started posting stuff about not killing black people. <laughs> and very controversial. Very controversial. And I made a couple um, Instagram videos, because that's what I've been doing over quarantine. And I lost hundreds of followers but what you'll find interesting because that's not you know is all these people who were like oh i really liked you because you were like in the middle or like jujitsu guys who found me they were like oh looks like fucking feminist mccuck is back or the or even worse they would go remember i'm posting george floyd was murdered by a shitty police officer like oh didn't you learn your lesson implying that being against racism ties into a girl saying shit about me and like feminism by like, because what happened to me happened to me. Suddenly I have to like, what? Hate black people, hate trans people, hate sex workers, hate. And it, it br- kind of brought all this shit back again. And I, I didn't talk about it publicly cause I'm like, I'm not going to make anything about me right now. And I just kept posting the black lives matter and just watching the numbers go down and just fuck all of you guys. And, uh, but it was really sort of heartbreaking, but maybe it'll be cathartic to people like me and you where it's like, Oh, this like cool center tribe that pretends they're like, like they don't exist either. Mm-hmm. And they have just as much bullshit issues and just as much hypocrisies as fucking we do. Um, or as the left does or as the right does. And all you can really do is just authentically believe what you believe and authentically try to be a good person every day and figure shit out. I mean, the fact that me and you on a public platform where maybe one of us would have looked bad, where if we were like, okay, how do we deal with fans? And if we're like, say I it promise on three. we both will look bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like the fact that we were like cool enough to be like, all right, if maybe I'm going too far, you'll call me out. If maybe you're going too far, I'll call you out. 
and we both kind of just said how we felt about it and we're like, eh. like these are the conversations that have to happen, but everyone is so fucking trigger happy. This is the problem with cancel culture. I don't think cancel culture is bad in the sense that I'm like, I think racist and sexist and abusers should be fucking called out. Um, but this itchy trigger finger. But what happens of- if there's a sincere perception that you are an abuser? Might I put the caveat of we still have to say what it was because, like, I see tweets still sometimes as, like, you know, I hear Billy Priscilla is still abusing women, but like, they don't mean anything. They mean, like, I guess I tweet at people sometimes. Like, that's what Whoa. they have so rounded they abuse that- to. And Whoa, it's like, yeah. so can we, we got to say what. Is going on, dude. Real quick, what what do you fucking feel? Because like that happened to me for the first time in a really long time. Because I've made some like high profile female friends who, mm-hmm. who again, I had to fucking have a fucking phone conversation with them. Right? They they post on Instagram and then someone DMs them like, "Did you know?" And then they yeah. have to be like, "What? What happened?" So that so that happened. So I saw the article come up for the first time in forever, and I was just like. Not actually suicidal this time, but that feeling of like I just want to go away. Like, I will never be able to do anything where this doesn't go away. And, like, I called my manager to kind of talk me off the ledge where I was just like, what do I do, man? Like, no matter what I do. And he's like, it's just always going to be there. So, anyway, so when you see stuff like that, because there's part of me, I'm never going to do it. But when I see someone call me a predator or when I – and they're tagging someone, there's part of me that does want to jump on and be like, hey, dude, you know that's not fucking true. And this is, like, my fucking life. Mm -hmm. And, like, you are just – gleefully but then that brings more attention to it and it's like you can't do that but yeah so when you see like a because i see the word abuser if i saw it with you if i didn't right. if you didn't say that to me and you posted this podcast and someone did a me to you and fucking posted like hey you know he's an abuser i immediately when i hear abuser i'd be like what's fucking billy accused of fucking rape and i just did his goddamn podcast and like then i would have done what people do for me I would have Googled it. Maybe I would have made it past the headline. And then I would have been like, why did I do this guy's fucking podcast? That's why we have to read shit. That's why we have to read. Do you get like upset? I get upset. Depends what it is. So it's like, I I think I'm at the point now where it's not like I am upset. I go like, I think I'm at the point where I can laugh at someone who clearly doesn't even know what happened. Just like heard from a heard from. Uh, If anything, I get a little more upset when like I go to follow someone, I find out they've blocked me and I search for uh, both our handles on Twitter and we've never tweeted at each other. They just probably, right? So they probably were told to block me. I, um, the only time I, 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 I do agree. You can't go and defend each one because it, I mean, it also shows you maybe weren't learning. And like for me, my incidents were, I was responding too much. So to show that I'm learning is to shut the fuck up. The last time I even responded Hilarious. was when like someone tweeted something, 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 and he didn't even apologize. I was like, I can at least prove that even if an inadequate apology that I did technically apologize and multiple times. So I very calmly emailed that, uh, DM them was like, Hey, I, you know, you could say whatever bad stuff you want about me. I'd appreciate if you delete and redo it and take out the thing. Cause like I did apologize many times. It may not be adequate, but I did it. So yeah. like factually your tweet inaccurate. Do people from respond an object- to that? Object- because I've wondered, they, like, do I did. DM someone and be like, I'm not an abuser. <laughs> well, this is how I know these people don't actually like know what's going on. And they just want to be angry because they I was like, would you mind if I maybe send you uh, forward you that and they were like fine is it give me the email address i send them the screenshots and then they go like well this was inadequate i was like oh no 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 
totally not going to try to debate that. You want to say that it's bad. That's fine. But I did factually apologize multiple occasions. So I'd appreciate if you would take down the tweet and redo it. And then they don't respond because they realize they're wrong, but they're angry. And I have to let that go because I can't control that. I what what kills me is when it's used as a weapon, because Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that the um one of the people who's doing this used to be a patron of mine and he was just a dick to people and he was a dick to me, but he paid money. And so finally I was like, Hey, I don't want your money anymore. Like cancel your subscription. And then I like talk some shit on the show. And so he's made these accounts. And so he who supported me and stuff is now digging up those articles, sending it to famous people. He sees me tweet. And it's just kind of like, Oh man, you, you, it's not even like you're a woman who was hurt and thinks I'm a predator. You're just a piece of shit using this piece of shit thing that happened to me, who was a different, lower level piece of shit, um, to fulfill your piece of shit life. And it's like, cool, man. No one's getting anything out of this. It's just terrible all around. What have you, I guess, I think that, cause I know, I know you got, um, another thing to do, but something that I think is important oh, yeah. to ask uh-huh. is like, I guess it's two parts. One, there seems to be an acceptance of wrongdoing. Like you have gone through the stuff and we talked, you brought up real briefly of the like, fuck, am I a monster? And trust me, dude, my shit was just tweets. And I even for a couple years was like, am I actually a piece of shit? And I was like, oh, I like, and then I joined group therapy with other men who are in my age group because uh, I don't get along well with men. So I uh, we should do to- another podcast about like masculinity will- stuff too. I, I tr- dude, I think we could go off on on that and I'd, I'd definitely yeah. be happy to. Um, and, oh and what fuck! I- that reminds me. One of the things I was gonna say to your point about the anti-feminist thing when we were talking about dating and stuff, mm-hmm. and we were talking about DMs and shit like that, is a lot of the anti-feminist women and men. And it's like, you don't want to agree with it. But they go like, at what point are women saying they want to be treated equally? But then if they start flirting with a guy online, like also won't take responsibility for their part. I I try to hold everyone accountable. So I like I used to solicit nudes on this pod. I would like close, be like, email me your comments, your questions, your titty pictures. I don't really do that anymore. Um, But I do try to hold people to a similar standard. It's like if you're being shitty like you know if you dm me and says like oh my god you're so fucking hot and i want to fuck you and you've never we've never interacted you've never even introduced yourself i'm gonna treat you like a guy who dm who dms me or women the same thing because we normally say fuck that i'll be like if you just introduce yourself like hi i'm jamie and i'm a big fan of the podcast i would really like to fuck you that is Because now you're not a monster. You are. You have given context. You and that's also yourself. different than like I, me being <laughs> like, "Hey, I'm Jamie. Your podcast saved me from killing myself." And you're just like, "What are you doing later?" Like that is okay. Now also, we're talking yeah. like that's creepy, right? But like I forgot about this other thing in the Jezebel article. The girl who said that, um, like I treated her well, but I called her a road fuck or whatever. I believe there was a line in that Jezebel article where it was like he charmed me back to his hotel room. It's like no, we both charmed each other. If yeah. it said like he dragged me to his hotel room it's like all right not for nothing you're not Brad Pitt and like I hope and and I know you hate yourself so like you can accept that I gotta work really fucking hard that's all I have is charm yeah it's like and and that's okay because it's not a fucking magic trick like also charm is predatory. charm is literally being nice being respectful making fucking eye contact like figuring out like or having abs like all those things are very charming different versions (laughs) of charm right I have the first couple
Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm so, so sorry, but that was just the thing. I, I, I was curious about your No, take. absolutely, um, dude. Were you doing I, like a what did you learn moment? Uh, it, it was a what did you learn, but I guess the, the two factors are like, it seems like you have sorted through the what you actually will take responsibility for. And then yeah. there's the like, what have you learned? Like for me, I take responsibility for, I was interrupting conversations. I didn't maybe have full belonging in, or I was doing it in a way that was aggressive and, and, um, and tone deaf. And then I, when I got piled on, I became a belligerent asshole because I didn't know any other way to defend myself. Yeah. Uh, and I, I fucked up and I was a huge asshole and I, I held a grudge over it for a long time and I was being a piece of shit about it. I accept that. Then what am I doing? Okay. I'm working on my, um, impulse control because I like to, ar- and I'm working on my argumentative nature, both with the left and the right, because like I will argue with like a sex positive person who says enthusiastic consent should be the criminal standard just as much as I will like argue with some like anti black lives matter trumper. Yep. I just need to be less argumentative. Yeah. Uh, and so those are things I'm working on after accepting what I believe I did wrong there. So what I ask of you is like, what did you really do that was wrong? And what have you been working on to change that if at all? Yeah. Um, so the wrong thing, I mean, I think a lot of it does come down to the codependency where it's like, I do wonder if I had ended that relationship before I cheated, like what would have even happened? I mean, what happened happened, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe... I don't know. Maybe I would have still slept around. Maybe there's something to say about, you know, I say I didn't cheat, but how many of us have had a new relationship lined up and we didn't cheat, but we're like, oh, this is probably going to happen. So we finally have the balls to get out of our mediocre relationship to jump. I mean, that's still kind of emotional cheating, right? I did that before. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think what it comes down to is thinking just as hard about the other person as yourself. And so, you know, cause we're always, um, Krishna Das, this Ram Das guy always says like, we wake up every day and it's the movie of me, you know? And it is, it's very like, like you're I'm, all extras in my movie. That's what it is. And everyone's, you know, either out to get you or they're helping you or this is meant to happen or, you know, whatever. And, um, so what that's led to with me this year, since I haven't really been in relationships, is saying no very fast and being like there you are going to get feelings before I am and so I am going to not have sex which would be fun and what would fill a little hole because I have a fucking feeling right that this is going to so it's it it those boundaries came from not from me being like oh I deserve to have boundaries I never had boundaries before the boundaries came from like and maybe this is going codependent in the other way where I'm thinking so much about these people on like Instagram or who want to have sex with me. But uh, I'm just trying to live every day like making people feel better and and not having a role in hurt. Um, you know, I used to – yeah, man. I used to just dive fucking head first into everything and like fall in love with everybody and – go way too fast and move in with someone uh, if we were dating for like a month. Not because, I mean, because I thought at the time it was romantic, but really because I was like, I just want obstacles from you leaving because like, I can't believe this is actually happening. So a lot of it, a lot of it was really just insecure behavior Mm -hmm. that I've worked on by like, yeah, I've, I've, I've done what most people do after they've been shamed and read up on Buddhism and fucking meditation. And, but I've also been reading up like a ton on just like 
relationships and listen to like women who have sex podcasts, even though I'm like not really having sex this year. Um, and just, but again, not because like I never had a problem with consent. I never had a, I'm like, I just want to hear about what way other, so many other people are going through so that I'm not constantly thinking about what I'm going through. And that stops me from the impulse of a girl, Hey, I'm going to fly down this weekend and I want to go. Yeah, I still have that. And then I go, I I just think about what is this going to look like after she leaves or what is this going to look like? Not to sound horrible after I come like, and the it's gone and there's a stranger in my apartment and I've been working on myself for a year. And now this space is kind of not mine. And like, am I going to get like shitty? You know, am I going to be resentful and get quiet? I get quiet. I don't get Did like you shit. want, cause like, did you want the weekend with her or did you want to fuck her and you're willing to let her stay for the weekend in order that, to fuck her? Right. Exactly. Right? Like, did, Tol- did, and, and, and the fucker is like, you know, again, like sex positive for women, women can just bang too. But for me, it's like, is that what it was or was that what I've been saying no to is, is there a chance they want a relationship and I just want to fuck in that case? It's not worth me fucking. And I'm going to jerk off and I feel a lot better. Um, but yeah, back then, man, it was just like, obviously the cheating, um, the depression, the making shit about me. When I say the depression, I mean being like, I should get out of this relationship, but I'm too depressed. Like I'm starting to try to, even though I talk a lot about mental health and I have so much empathy for people with depression, um, as I do, um, I, I, I do look back to, you know, I mean, the affair was probably like seven years ago. I don't know. I do look back to like times when I would use the depression as an excuse for me just not to deal with it just to myself where I would just be like, you're just, there's too much going on. You're just too depressed. Just, you'll figure it out. Like, like that kind of bullshit that kind of like, have you used mental health? Have you used mental health to, to ignore certain impulses about a connection you're about to make with say like someone from the internet or you know someone at whatever? No, I've never been like, I'm fucking depressed. So I'm going to fuck her. But okay. like, it, it was more of the, like, um, use it as an excuse to put off, like getting out of a relationship. Like I'm too depressed. This is just going to add to more. And then like, you know, you think you're doing the right thing. Where you're like, uh, I'm going to try to make this relationship work. And then it just ends up like completely fucking backfiring, you know? Um, And I mean, that's fucking. Oh, and then it's just like being more open-minded. I mean, that's the big thing, right? Like being more open-minded when it comes to politics, when it comes to conversations like this, when it comes to, you know, whatever is not being so fucking blinded and having my head up my own ass when I'm screaming and yelling at people and more... You know, it's funny because I have circled back to being like, no, I still believe in like 80% of the shit I believed in back then, like little woke Jamie, maybe probably like 85%. Um, But the difference is I think when I believed it back then, I was just externalizing about what other people were doing wrong. So I didn't have to look at the shit I was doing wrong. Whereas now... Most of my day is doing work on myself or trying to fucking help people or doing jujitsu or whatever, that when I do post something political, especially because I know it's not going to get me clout because the people who will agree aren't going to fucking repost it. I'm like, oh, I'm doing this because fucking I believe this. So cool. I don't forget it's one like because like I need to say this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And by the way, still think about it. Still tweet something. I go, oh, fuck, is Rogan going to th- see that? Or is like this guy going to think this? And like all those fears are still there. It's just 
how do you cope with the fears? How do you become confident and confident? And how do you not drag other people fucking down? You know, I think before I was just looking for a girl who just like, I don't know. I think I kind of got off on like being the like manic pixie dream boy, um, where I'm like, I'm the cool fucking artist guy yep. and shit like that. And, and what I realize now is what, what that was is that was me with a hole looking for another girl with a hole. And then I fill her artistic shit and she fills my, you know, feeling loved shit. Whereas now I'm kind of like, no, I need a fucking independent girl where it's not going to be all about me and I need to be okay where it's not going to be all about me. And we get to elevate each other and we're both bringing fullness to the table. And then if it doesn't work and she leaves, that's cool too. You're still, I'm still full. full. And mm-hmm. hopefully we made each other's lives better. And right. that's my goal right now in relationships. And, and this, this just kind of burned in me while you, while you were speaking, but, and so I'm not going to even ask like, if I'm going to say, how do you still deal with the resentment now towards people involved in all of that then? And what happened? There's none. There's none. There's none. There's none. I mean, I've also done a lot of mushrooms this year, um, <laughs> and and like have literally had like these like apology moments and forgiveness moments, just like in my head, which is like I legitimately every single fucking person I hope is like fucking thriving, but I also hope that like I thrive and I'm not gonna fucking kill myself um, over it anymore. But that's hard, you know. The shame pops up, like I said, when I see it. But um, there was never, like I said before, I knew that bitterness was destruction. If I started, if I started that shit, however many years ago, uh, dead, dead. And if it came back, I mean, dude, I gotta say, a lot of shit comes back in waves, shame, stuff like that. Uh, that does not. Like at no point am I like fuck her. I'm just like. I don't Yikes. think you're out of fuck her. I'm just saying, I'm just observing as someone who's also had to deal with being less resentful or less bitter towards the parts where I'm like, yes, that, but like not that part. Yeah, I did that, but not this thing. Yeah. And, and in, in this, in this conversation, I'm, I'm just saying, I have, I've observed that like, you know, you'll say like, I don't want to drag these women under the bus, but like sometimes you, you will throw a line in and yeah, it's not the worst because it's probably way tamer than it was three years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but when you said that like, meant, I thought you meant like, are you sitting around being like that fucking bitch? No, Where no, it's just not like, that no, level. They were going through yeah. what they were going through. I was going through what I was going through. Personal resentment never happens when okay. it comes to. I think of it as like a story. When it's like there's a story being told, and that story is about you, and you have to go. Oh, that thing's not really true. And she said, like, I'm almost like when I attack those things or when I say those little lines, like probably like the charm line or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm like kind of attacking the article and temporarily forgetting that like, okay. uh, no, there's a person who said that. It's not like, oh, either. fuck her. It's just like, no, dude. I mean, like, fucking if she thought I was calling her a road fuck, like that sucks. That sucks. Like, that's what I'm saying, where it's like everybody is doing what they think is best for themselves. And like, I didn't try to fucking hurt anybody. They didn't try to hurt me. Like, but people were hurt. And and I hope listeners, frustrated or not, uh, listening to this, it's like, I hope that there, uh, others can sense that there's very clearly a sincere, even if it's wrapped around some very general comedic narcissism that we all share. Um, <laughs> It's like there is this I I read a sincere hope to do better and not realizing that you were causing harm. I see yeah, I've seen improvements through things I've 
been listening of you. Uh, and I should say that, like, it's not like I'm like this Jamie Kilstein fan. I was just like, when the story broke, I was like really interested. The more I read and the more I heard, uh, and the, the more I saw that there was stuff missing. Right. Um, but, but still at the heart of that, there's like something that us as dudes still need to like, you know, deal with. Well, and that's the thing, right? It's like, we can, you should be able to like call out stuff when it happens without like turning into like a woman hating. Mm-hmm. Cause then it's like, I fucking kind of you sort of do become a little suspect to me where I'm like, wow, like where was all this hatred there when you were being like accused of shit? Cause like, that's not good. Um, but, and I got to say too, dude, like I, f- I think I fucking unfollowed you on Twitter. A while. Like I remember you, we were you talking, did. I know I wasn't going to say it. We were like talking <laughs> about podcasting. And then I remember, I think it's again, cause you're, you're chatty. Like I am, I felt like almost like I was like going to be like interrogated about this. And I was just like, this is fucking terrible. I don't want to fucking see this shit or I don't want to be reminded of this shit. But then, but then I thought about like what I know about you and the reason I did the show, like once, cause it went through, I think the, the, the record label to do it. I was like, no man, like if I actually am growing, if I actually am working on this shit, like these are the exact convert. And especially, I think there were women who probably needed to hear this. I think there were dudes who definitely needed to hear this where it's like, it sucks. I don't want to be known as that guy. I want to go back to just being fucking funny and helping people not kill themselves. Mm-hmm. But if this does help people or if it just helps me like figure out some yeah. shit, like even you jokingly calling us narcissists, I'm like, Oh, that's right. I, I, uh, I appreciate that you came on. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'll tell you this, what I wrote at the bottom of the page, I wrote two imperfect men and that's what this that. is, right? I love and that's that. what more dudes got to do. Like if we, if more men are having these conversations with each other on and off mic and yeah. willing to be imperfect with each other and we're all willing to say, I mean this, you know, in my group therapy, the big thing is like, there's this obsession where like being a good guy and not a bad guy. It's like, you know what? We are but we are all good and bad guys simultaneously all the time. And we got to be willing to accept that so we can fucking talk about how to, you know, I don't know, not hurt an entire half of the population. Well, and you, yeah. And like, and you tame the, the bad and you work on that. Cause if you go, mm-hmm. it's either good or bad. Then I think addict behavior goes, mm-hmm. well, I did a little of the bad. So fuck it. And then again, when there are a lot of guys in comedy right now, just like fucking thrashing on women, because of shit like that, what happened to me, uh, it's easy. You have a community and you get to feel better about your shitty thoughts as opposed to being like having a place where you can go, Hey, I had this shitty thought, but I don't want to be a garbage. So let's talk about it so I can feel less shameful and like not act on that shitty thought. You know what I mean? And like, but it's with everybody, not just men. I mean, it's definitely with men with what we were talking about, (laughs) but also like in relationships, it's like, if we're in a relationship, me and you, and we're fighting, if instead of like, I have to prove him wrong or you have to prove me wrong, and it's just both of us being like, uh, what can we do a little better? You know, like even if you did something super shit, like even if we're, let's say like we're in like a super strict monogamous relationship and we're walking down the street and you do this, <laughs> you do the slow head turn. And I'm like, what the fuck was that, dude? Okay. So you were in the wrong. You can apologize, but I can still be like, okay, I want to get to a point where I'm secure enough that that doesn't set me fucking off. Like there's always things that you can work on. And like, that's what this meditation bullshit and everything I've been doing this year has been so good for where it's like, if the goal isn't 
fucking prove yourself right, slay everybody on Twitter. If the goal is just how can I get better a little more every day, and that means you're going to have to call yourself out on bullshit, mm-hmm. but it also means that I think part of the reason that I even get so like high on myself is because that's trying to balance out all the other shit. So like if you do something right, like, yeah, man, I mean, like own it. Like that's cool too, you know? Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, let's start from a place of, I am probably kind of wrong a bit on this thing. Now let's work through it. And, uh, you know, and Jamie was great to like be able to do that with you. Uh, you know, hopefully we can talk about more man stuff as two dudes who probably got bullied by the man people a lot, uh, <laughs> but that's for another podcast. I'm oh my sure. God. I cannot um, wait for that podcast. That'll be great. <laughs> um, folks, Jamie is, uh, regardless what you thought of this conversation, he is very funny. Um, Guy's like, hilarious. he's a good comedian and he has a new, is it a special or is it an album? Yeah. So it's an album. It's called uh 25% capacity. Yeah. It is just as earnest and grandiose as this. Uh, it's not, this is the first time. I just tried to be fucking funny. Mm-hmm. And this is the f- dude, you're actually one of the one people who might understand this. I all this Bill Hicks shit that I was into before when I was like, oh, like relationship stuff is hacky. To me, this is the edgiest album I've ever done because it's the first album I talk about relationships and sex. I have sex stories. I talk about loneliness. I talk about like all this shit that I never talked about because I was just screaming about politics. There's like a little political stuff and even the political stuff. I think you'll like it's kind of we're on the same page, um, but it's cool. I'm actually really proud of it, but it's just it's just fucking funny, which like just makes me feel like, oh, I can be a comic and not just like a tragic footnote. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they can get it, I assume, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere. Yeah. Places. So it's Jamie Kilstein, 25 percent capacity, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Tidal, all that stuff. Um and follow him on Twitter an and Instagram, and just you know, if uh, if you want to fuck him, just DM him first because he will not. He will not. L- listen to me. If you want to <laughs> fuck me, you have to make all of the moves. I apologize for that. I'm sure there's some fucking like people who are into sub guys. Maybe this has made me a sub by default. I don't know how it works. Um, I, have, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm good at uh, choking because I have good uh, control because of jujitsu, I assume, but let's probably keep you in the Dom seat until we're married. <laughs> uh, Jamie, thanks for, uh, for opening it up and chatting with us. And why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. All right. Bye everybody. Thank you. If you have mean things, to say just know i i i know <laughs> just, 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 i get it i get it uh but thank you guys for uh for making it this far was that okay oh god uh am i in trouble i'm not sure oh fuck uh well i hope <laughs> i hope you uh made it through all of that that was uh that was definitely uh, uncomfortable for me to to do it was uncomfortable me for me to listen to and edit and you know it's uncomfortable for me to put out there because gosh I I don't need to give those 17 people on Twitter who don't like me really more ammunition but I do think these conversations are important to have we gotta do our best and you know what I'd love to know what you thought good bad ugly oh is it going to be the last email you send me before you unsubscribe for forever uh leave some parting words uh at manhorpod at gmail.com or you can discuss uh both this episode and this topic in the champagne room our discord server there'll be a channel for episode 362 at manhorpod.com slash discord 
Uh, and if you want to cancel your Patreon pledge or you want to become a member and support the show, you can do that over at patreon.com slash podcast. We've got an awesome event tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Would love to see you all there. Looking cute, looking confident, looking sexy. Uh, and if you want to see me looking confident and sexy and uh, out of a job, you can you can follow my cute ass for free on OnlyFans at OnlyFans.com slash call me Billy. Actually, I think to I think today, the day Wednesday that this is released, I'm putting out some content with me and, and me and baby. Uh, so if you ever want to watch me fuck my girlfriend, uh, you know, the, the, today's a good day to check out the fans. Uh, folks, next week we've got on fellow slutcaster Y.O. Lee. That'll be a nice change of pace. Enjoy yourselves. Talk to each other. Don't be so quick to yell and scream. Instead, just fucking take a deep breath. Put things into perspective. And stay slutty. It's the vibrator that has no equal. And now, Motor Bunny offers their thrusting sex machine, the Motor Bunny Buck. Enjoy a fan whore discount at manwhorepod.com slash motorbunny or use promo code manwhore at checkout.